Welcome to another new episode of the Somewhat Damaged Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Alperin. With me, as always, John B. Today, we rock out with Dion from Ann Berlin. Hell yeah. You're down in Florida? I am. Yeah, St. Petersburg. Oh, man. Good old Tampa, St. Pete. Yeah. Nice and humid today, I bet. Uh, you know, uh, it's, I haven't been outside since this morning, so <laughs> I'm sure it's humid, but I'm, I'm staying indoors in the AC. Yeah. I don't blame you. How's, uh, how's it going down there these days? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I didn't read the news, I would think it was all normal, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah, definitely some weird health stuff going on. So it's, uh. A little it seems a little weird, even from just you know a month ago. Right. Uh, you know, I walk, you walk into the supermarket, and like eighty percent of the people are wearing masks again. It's it's. I mean, without any you know mandates or anything, you ever just like, well, not gonna die. Let's just put <laughs> yeah. on the mask. It's funny. <laughs> Crazy. Get the get the headline ready. Dion thinks it was better with Trump in office. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my rhetoric clearly defined that statement. <laughs> Well, it's pretty wild because, you know, when you watch the news, it they make it out like Florida um, is just, you know, it's on its own little island, which, you know, in some parts maybe it is. But that's good to hear that people are kind of taking it upon themselves to not kill themselves and other people. Yeah, it's also I mean, St. Pete, though. I mean, like, St. Pete's a little more of a, uh, a liberal area, too, a little sure. uh, part of the... Um, state. I mean, Tampa Bay in general, you know, leans more to the left. Um, the Hillsborough and Pinellas counties were two of the first to enact mask mandates at the beginning of this whole thing um, with pushback from, you know, the state government and everything. And they said, no, we're doing this. We're, we're going to keep everybody safe. Right. And then, it, you know, it was like maybe weeks or a month after that where it went statewide. I mean, it, yeah, well, listen, they got to keep those strip clubs open. <laughs> well, you know, they, they already had like the six foot rule, I think years ago that they, that they uh, and that were trying to do. And COVID just gave them an excuse to really push that mandate for six feet away. They no were touching. No my biggest my biggest concern is Gasparilla still happening. Like, what's going on with that? That was that was a fun time. I you know I, I haven't noticed that any big events are canceled. I mean, I, I had so, I had a large group of friends that went and saw Kings of Leon at the amphitheater last week. Um, just two nights ago, a bunch of people I knew went and saw Alanis Morissette and Garbage. Uh, I mean, at the amphitheater, and the place holds like twenty thousand people. So I mean, large scale events are still happening. Um, and it's 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 crazy because you know it's you see stuff like that and you're like oh everything is normal, but then you see the numbers and I mean on a personal note we've uh, within the Amberland family we've had uh, m multiple parents and extended family infected with COVID, um, and including our lead singer he's just still getting over COVID as of right now. He, he tested positive a little over a week ago. Um, we just lost two of uh, our two parents, um, a, a cousin who's younger than I am. He was in his 30s. Wow. And with and multiple other uh, aunts and uncles and parents are hospitalized. Jeez. So it's, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that <laughs> this is this is going on. I mean, it's it's hitting really closer to home now than and it's been 18 months since you know everything really kicked off with uh, how serious everything got in March of last year. So um, it's it's really strange. I mean, there's there's this sense of normalcy, and then there's these reminders that that we're not out of the woods. You know. Yeah, you know, it's wild. Like we we have one of those outdoor amps that's brand new, just opened up. Uh, last month, actually about a month ago, and uh, it was supposed to open up last July, but they pushed it, of course. So they've been having, you know, these these bigger concerts. It's not as big as that one. It's only about 8,000 people, mm -hmm. but they had King Kings the other night sold out, you know, and, and and it's a big crowd, you know, now going in. But again, that's it's outdoors. But I drove by for the first time in a long time a um, pop-up COVID testing center 
that's in our yeah. town here that up until today <laughs> when i saw it i'm sure it's last week or so you would drive by there the last six months since they opened and there was never a line and in most cases not a car to get in to like get tested you could just drive up get tested today the line was out of the parking lot and down a main road there must have been a hundred cars trying to get in so it's it's definitely <laughs> changed something's changed you know yeah i mean and speaking of changes i mean it's <laughs> an odd an odd segue i mean we uh amber lynn's leaving on tour on september 4th we play our first show right and I just saw a post from a friend in another band today who they had to cancel their tour because ha- the whole band and part of their crew came down with COVID. Wow. And his main point was, guys, like this, like touring in 2021 is not the same as it was in 2019. Sure. Right. This, we, you know, we underestimated how, um, how weird it is out there. And so uh, are, are these guys not, to, I totally don't want to get on any political sides of a fence here but are they like everyone vaxxed or not vaxxed like nah, not, not everybody was and it came right. from you know one of the unvaxxed guys and you know again not you know not staying away from arguments and everything um but I, in our personal camp we are requiring band and crew to be vaccinated um steven's gonna have to wait on his unfortunately because he's still getting over it and sure. he won't uh, he, he got the antibodies treatment, which he now has to wait 90 days to be vaccinated. So he um, ended up getting COVID before he could get vaccinated. So, um, uh, but before going into that, we were, we were actively uh, in our camp for our own protection and everything because we were in a tube. We travel in a, in a bus, very close quarters. So, you know, I mean, just a thing like a cold or, you know, can can spread like wildfire on a bus if you're not careful um, derail the whole thing absolutely. yeah so i mean we learned a long time ago when we were in a band that being clean and not you know sleeping on people's dirty underwear and socks was probably a good idea yeah. and uh <laughs> so we we kept a pretty clean van back in the day when we were um you know getting started uh because we had one tour where we uh not a single one of us got through the tour without getting sick and by the end of the tour i had the flu and steven had pneumonia wow you know, we, when we're, you know, we were in our early twenties, we were dumb and didn't think anything. We were just like, Oh, I'm just sick. And we got home. Both of us went to the doctor and the doctors were basically like, you guys are idiots. Like, <laughs> how, how long did you wait to come to the doctor? You know, <laughs> I will be honest with you. Uh, I actually, I used to tour with census fail and our first tour that we did, we did out of a, out of a van and we got to LA and we did that trek that goes, I pretty much went to, we went to state college in Pennsylvania, all the way to LA and then down to Arizona. I got to LA and I was, they were making fun of me because I was like sleeping and I was wheezing and went to my cousin's place after a night over, I think we played Troubadour and everybody's having a great time because we're playing Troubadour. It was us guys from brand new. I think Mike Ham was there too. And then uh, I just, I, I, could, I couldn't breathe. So I went to my cousin's place. He's like, we're going to a hospital right now definitely had walking pneumonia and and it was it was terrible and but but when you're young you don't care do you know what i mean i mean like you're just pneumonia that's for old people yeah Yeah, exactly but you're feeding off the adrenaline but now in this day and age uh it's kind of crazy um i mean this band that you were talking about that weren't vaxxed i mean that's really a sad shame about red jumpsuit apparatus like with their anti-vaxxers um no i'm just just kidding (laughs) don't print that (laughs) we're not going to print it but we will air it on the podcast yeah Yeah. (laughs) people haven't printed anything in a long time john get get with it hey we do transcripts here too come on (laughs) that nice guy in pakistan who does all of our transcripts um redacted yeah uh but like i mean how is it going to change like i see that aeg and like a couple of other like um House of Blues, they're all asking for either a 24-hour uh, negative test or um, proof of COVID vaccine. Um, has that alienated some of your your fans? Because I see it happen. I, I follow some local venues, and once that came down, like it was split down the middle. The emo night kids, uh, you know, like they put it out there, and there was a whole thing about it. So I'd love to hear how your fans are reacting to this. Um, I don't care. 
to be <laughs> honest. I mean, when it starts hitting as close to home as it has in our camp, where we've got family members that are now passing away, um, uh, you know, and and or being hospitalized uh, and ventilated, um, I don't care what your political or personal views are at that point. This is our show. This is our health. Um, we're not, you know, we feel responsible when we have a show, um, you know, for the same way that, you know, I'm not going to encourage violence at a show or I'm not going to encourage misogyny or, you know, sexism or, you know, um, you know, any other things. I'm not going to encourage somebody to play games with other people's health. Sure. And um, so I fully back the AEG Live Nation theme because we've, we're musicians. We've been out of work for almost two years now because of this. You know, where um, I, I I got scared a, f- a few months ago and I took a job until, because I didn't, you know, we had a tour planned in September, but I didn't know if it was going to happen. Right. So I started working with a friend of mine building uh, motherboards for uh, audio and video technology because, and it's something I've never even done before. I knew had no clue how to do it, but I was like, you know what? This is a good time to learn a new skill. I don't know when I'm gonna yeah, right. be on tour again, you know. And so I, this is coming. Most of us coming from a place of concern, but the other part is like, look, we just want to we just want to keep working. If we have to do what we need to do to keep working, we'll install an extra fire exit. Yeah. We will make sure that we have security guards to keep people safe at our show. You know what? We're also going to make sure that we're not going to spread and further this pandemic that has been crippling our industry for the past 18, 19 months. You know, I mean, this is the, this is the fourth scheduling of this tour since July of last year. We had a tour, we had this tour schedule, a version of this tour, um, not the same routing, but we had it um, scheduled in July and we pushed it October. October, you know, we got to like August, September and we said, you know, this isn't happening. This isn't going away anytime soon. So we moved it to July of this year. Uh, then that didn't happen. So now September is, you know, our it's the third time we've moved it. It's the fourth version of this tour. You know, we're just doing everything we can to try to keep the, the train on the tracks at this point. And if that means that I have to make you slightly uncomfortable with your political and personal views, then I'm fine with that because you know what? I've got a family that needs to eat. I've got bills that need to be paid and I'm sick and tired of people telling me that I can't, I can't ensure that my industry is going to be safe, responsible and, and just be able to function because you don't like wearing a mask or you, you're afraid of needles or whatever, or you don't believe in science you know, you don't believe 99% of the doctors out there. I get it. You can have your own personal views, but so can I. And you can hate me for that. I'm going to just look past you if you're going to hate me for that because I need to work. Our industry needs to work. There are shows happening right now that are doing exactly what AEG and Live Nation said they're going to do. Lollapalooza happened. Half, almost half a million people passed through Chicago for Lollapalooza, and it did not cause a single spike because Lollapalooza was requiring a COVID vaccination or a COVID negative test. That says a lot about that says a lot about um, taking precautions and keeping the train on the tracks. All right, so your shows, I imagine, are indoors. Uh, most of them are. A few of them are outdoors, um, but most of them are indoors. Yeah. We are, um, you know, again, like I said, we're just doing what we can to be responsible. I mean, we're we are personally very social guys we're very interactive with our fans on a normal tour on this tour we're going to be living in a bubble right we're not going to be going out to bars after shows we're not going to be having you know handshakes and hugs and photo ops with fans the way that we would have in night in 2019 yeah because if even one of us comes down remotely sick we have to we have to cancel the next show until we get a negative test sure you know, well, plus, that costs money, that costs, that costs time. That, oh that yeah. You have it, all the people on tour with you. Yeah. We've got guys that turn down tours with angels and airwaves or that put their careers on hold with other bands to be on tour with us months ago. Right. It's not, you know, what people don't think about is it's not just, uh, you know, our band's view. It's not just Amber Lynn's view. We've got people that are depending on us. That it goes outside of our wives and children. It, it's our family. That's our road family. Sure. You, know, you got guys that chose to tour with us over other bands. So we're going to do what we can to ensure 
that they are working on making money because the crew guys and the house people at these venues and stuff, I mean, they've been hit harder than bands for the most part. You know, there was a lot of financial aid and things like that available to bands that weren't available to your average guitar tech or your average, um, you know, door guy at a venue or your sound guy at a venue. And, or even your venue owners, you know, we got a, there's a lot of aid that wasn't given to Florida venues um, during this there time. There was one, there was, obviously the PVP was great. Saber Stages yes. was a great one as well. We, we actually, um, working for Stand Up New York, we received uh, some, you know, uh, Saber Stages money. Um, but the hope was, was that, you know, people are going to be utilizing this money and paying their staff. Um, I actually felt the, the flip way. Uh, yeah, I, I thought you guys really weren't taken care of specifically. You know, like a lot of our comedians specifically, like there was nothing out there. There was obviously SBA loans, but I didn't know what was available for an actual artist, whether they be music, comedy, a DJ, something along those lines. Um, I, 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 think, I think a lot of it comes down to how you're set up as a business. Um, as a band, we've been a band for a long time. So we are incorporated, we are a business. So in the eyes of, you know, anything else, regardless of how we make our money, we are uh, Amberlynn incorporated, you know, you know, um, so, you know, there, there was stuff available to us as a business now, as, um, as artists, as musicians, no, not so much. So there's a lot of bands out there that were hurting for this, but you know, um, you know, and you got, and you had great people like Bandcamp and Spotify that were funneling money to artists. They had, you know, donation, they either had like donation um, calls. The GoFundMe's and all that. called actions that you can click on through Spotify to donate directly to artists. Uh, Bandcamp was doing uh, monthly, I think it was, they were lifting their, their percentage of that they you know their take from the sure. artist and you know letting artists keep 100% of their earnings on you know certain days and stuff like that's great and it really is and i know there you know there's there are a lot of smaller bands that that really helps you know we had we had a friend around here who she was doing a uh, a live uh video thing for local musicians you know like that you know people that play in bars and stuff you know people that you know they play cover songs and she was she was doing virtual concerts virtual sets for these people and having a virtual tip jar and it was you know these people could hit up their facebook say hey you know i'm gonna be playing from eight to ten on friday night you know join me have a drink and they were kind of doing what they would do normally but you know over to to a virtual audience exactly yeah virtual Um, audience you know, you, you mentioned cover bands. I've got to ask this question, and I've had some long conversation with some of my older friends, uh, and, and you guys have been around for quite a while. Um, you know, not, not not trying to age or anything. I mean, I was on tour. On oh, no, I'm 41. I know it. I yeah. accept it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can I mean, assume I was on... how long the band's been together and, and assume that I'm not 25 at this point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can tell. Trust me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to rekindle and, and go back to those era. I mean, but... Um, we talk about like uh, covers and things like that. What's your feelings on these programs like Emo Night that kind of takes your music and they kind of put it out there and they play like these grand shows and they've got the same touring managers and, and booking agents that you guys have. But yeah, you you're know, not it, it's a piece. funny. Um, years ago, before that was a thing here, we would go to countries like Australia and the UK, um, you know, England, Wales, all that, <laughs> the, the greater uh, United Kingdom. Um, we Until Dion gets back, I mean, have you heard their cover of, and if you haven't, you should. Oh, dude, of course. Uh, of course I have. Course what I song have. am I going to say? What song am I going to say? Uh, what's it called? Um, I know it's exactly what you're talking about. Enjoy the uh, silence by the Pest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's great. It's it's really good. Um, you know, once we get Dion back here, but it, it's cool to hear like Dion kind of talk about these things because you know I grew up in music, and I think a lot of our listeners know that like you know that was like my first kind of real job, but out, out of college, but listening and seeing like somebody that's continually touring and things like that. Um, it's interesting uh, that, you know, they become family people at 
at this point, you know? Sure. Rock stars have to grow up, you know what I mean? No it longer really, I think it's funny, like, one of the, the, <clears throat> the, the more comical experiences I ever had on, like, OzFest, I yeah. was interviewing um, Kitty, one of the girls from Kitty. Yeah on her tour bus right at Ozfest. this is probably 2004 or five or six or something and three i don't know and on comes the the tour bus tommy lee to just hang out with the girls from kitty you know because they're they're the same age (laughs) at the time and it was in his like sober days he was probably just in whatever his like 40s and they were all partying and he was like i'm past it (laughs) And I was like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> saying that. That, that like threw me. I'm like, oh my God. Like we're probably close to the same age. And I'm like, man, I didn't expect that. I figured he'd pop on the bus with a bottle of Jack Daniels out of every pocket. I know, right? Like that's what you you want to party with your idols. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to do I want to do Coke with Scarface. I want to you know, <laughs> I want to party with Keith Richards. You know what I mean? I don't want Keith yep. to be like, well, I'd usually just take Bailey's and insurance and put it all together. <laughs> and that is why socialized medicine is the most affordable and simple way. <laughs> That's what we thought you were going to say. That's what we thought you were saying. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry to pop out of that TED talk. Yeah. So, no, but back to like the idea of this. I mean, like you were saying that back uh, when you were were out in um, Australia and, and, the other side of Australia over in England, you, uh, uh, you, you had gone out there. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we would, we would play venues and afterwards they would have DJ nights or club nights. And it wasn't just, um, house music, hip hop or whatever it was. They were playing, like there was one venue we played in Leeds, England that you, it was a, it was a multi-room venue. Um, they had three different size venues within the venue. Um, and after we got done, we were there for the night. Our bus was parked outside. So we we're like, well, let's go back in and see what's going on. And one room was a punk rock room. One room was like an emo indie rock room. And one room was a heavy metal room. And it was oh. like, we're just like, this is the weirdest thing I, I've ever experienced. I mean, this was like 11, 12 years ago. You know, it's like, it's like, this was, it was like, we're like, this is awesome. Like people are just like singing and, you know, to these DJs. And then fast forward a few years later and um, we, we, uh, our acquaintances with the uh, emo night LA people, and uh, they started doing that. We started seeing what's going on. We're like, wow, this is cool. And um, I actually, Christian from Amberlin and myself, we actually do a monthly DJ night where we called on fun. We don't we don't call it an emo night because we don't stick to any real like format. Um, sure, we will play punk rock, hardcore, indie indie rock, '90s, you know, like '90s alternative, whatever. But um, it, I mean, it's for the lack of a you know better description, it is an emo night to most people that come. You know, they want to hear Taking Back Sunday and My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy, and you know, and I I 100% back it. I think it's weird that you can play a show, walk down the street, and these guys, some of these uh, outfits are doing DJ nights in bigger venues than you just played. It's yeah. weird. And they're playing your songs to people that didn't even come to your show. Is there a little bit of cringe when you're at your, your own event and you're playing your song? You're just like, uh, ah, how about this you one, know guys? Uh, <laughs> I think that you will find that there are so many things I don't care about. <laughs> someone comes up and says, will you play Daylight Friend? I'm like, absolutely. I'm going to bump the next song and I'm going to play Daylight Friend because you have <laughs> Because I would rather play that than some terrible Chiodo song. <laughs> is there anything, oh. I was going to say, is there anything you won't play? Because I used to DJ and I I DJed a lot of like, you know, like social events and stuff. And I cannot tell you no matter what song I would put on, right? If you're like, I did a lot of sorority, like social things, right? And no matter what song I would put on, a girl would come up and be like, you can't put that song on. That's my best friend's old boyfriend's song. Like you have to change it. And I'm like, if I did that for every single song, I would literally yeah. come with. You Listen know, here, one, Samantha. Yeah, I'm like, come heart, on, break your heart. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's be honest. Any emo night, <laughs> yeah. Any emo night that you're playing, there's got to be at least like three songs off. Tell all your friends that like was your breakup song. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. It's- 
you know, every 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 boy has a Molly or whatever. It's like, <laughs> like every, you know, there's there's so many songs, but I, you know, the only ones I I really won't play are songs that are just too long. Right. Like if it's a five or six minute song, that's gonna like break. Constantine, something corporate, nine minutes long. <laughs> Anything by something corporate. No, <laughs> there's there's a few there's a few good ones that I I definitely love playing by something corporate. But you know, like I mean, yeah, someone will come up like, oh, I'll play this song by Dance Gavin Dance, and I'm like, yeah, that song is eight minutes long, dude. I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> like I'm gonna play their I'm gonna play their most popular song on Spotify, and you can you're gonna be stoked either way. So it, we, we were talking about um, cover songs and stuff like that. And you guys do a, a, an amazing version of Joy of the Silence. H- how did you land on that song to cover? Uh, we love Depeche Mode and they rule. Right. So, but of all, all uh, the Depeche Mode tunes, you know, it, true, they do rule and they are awesome. It, we, we recorded that song in 2004 originally. Um, we do, we recorded it while we were doing uh, Never Take Friendship Personal. And this was, you know, we had already done the Cures Love song on our first album as just a knee-jerk reaction. Um, Steven and Joey had gone to a Cure cover night with our producer, Aaron Sprinkle, and they were like, like oh, we'll just, we're going to play that song with you. And because um, he was he was doing it, it was it was a friend's birthday, and she just was having all her musician friends do covers, like hero cover songs. Wow, that's awesome! At a bar, and so uh, they came back, um, and the next morning we went to the studio, and they were like, "Yo, what if we cover love song?" And I was just like, "Yeah, let's do it," <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so, so speaking of the Cure, do you think at this point, Michael, he should just give up on the 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 makeup? Or he should still do the eye like the makeup. Maybe go heavier. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know I, I think it's He's time a little to, bit more blush. It's I, mean, I'd wrap it up and just go go for it. But you know, yeah. Whatever. I mean, be, you know what? It's the the guy had a lot of balls doing that as long as he has. So I mean, right. at this point, I'm just like, you know what? If he showed up without the makeup, people would probably be like, "Is this a pure cover band? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that, that's a really good. Good, good. Yeah, version. but uh, but yeah, it's uh. So we were in the studio doing our second album. And we were like, "Yo, let's cover, let's record another cover song." And um, all of us are just absolute massive fans, being that we're all '80s kids. Yeah, uh, you know, we're we love all that dark wave, synthy stuff. In addition to, you know, I mean, the '80s was a great time coming out of the '70s, where you had all these like offshoots of rock that were happening. And then, and you had these bands like The Cure and Depeche Mode that were just doing something absolutely outstanding with their sound. Um, you know, just just how inventive they were getting with music, uh, their instruments and everything. So uh, that just I mean, came from. It's a band that we love, and that's one of their great songs. And we just kind of were like, it, 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 a lot of ideas with us come down to, hey, you want to do it? Yeah, cool, let's do it. Right. So there, I, I can't even honestly tell you that there was a thought process there. I think that someone said, let's. What if we were? What if we cover "Enjoy the Silence" and everybody's like, "Yeah, I like that song. Let's do it." <laughs> and what, when you go to do that, what how, like how how complicated is that to to get everyone on board? You know, from the writer uh, and, and the whole like legal side of it. I, I mean, in all honesty, it's it's pretty easy. I think uh, I think at the time we. It's a MySpace message you sent to them. <laughs> yeah, we sent. So we AOL chat. <laughs> yeah, dear Mr. Depeche Mode. Um, no, we uh, we basically just uh, we let our attorneys handle that and our label. Sure. And our mindset at the time was kind of like we're not big enough for them to care. Right. But right. Um, I'm sure our label. Um, and we didn't actually ended up putting it out until I think a year or two after we even recorded it. We did. We we had to like go back and finish it because like. We were behind in the studio. And it's like, hey, do we finish one of our songs or we finished one of the Pesh Mode songs? Like, let's, we should probably finish one of our songs. Yeah, we're running late. <laughs> so, how does, that, I mean, how does that work out now, though? I mean, well, you, I mean, we've we've gone through this whole thing that you know, in the '80s, you're selling records, you get the bonus. I mean, in the early 2000s, there were so many indie labels that were backed by like big record labels, and then now. I have no idea how bands are making money besides touring anymore. Uh, me either. And if you figure it out, let me know. Because um, <laughs> now, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there's still, uh, you know, there's still residuals. The, I'm sure that you guys are getting. 
their live streams got us through COVID basically. Um, yeah, we, we did we did all seven of our albums. We, we, we started out thinking like, oh, we should probably do our most popular albums because we don't know how long we're about to do this. And then fast forward, you know, a year later after we did our first one and we got through all seven albums and we did an acoustic slash like low key, like vibey stream. So, um, you know, there's stuff like that. Yeah, you still have publishing and, you know, commercial placement and stuff, which, you know, sure. maybe people used to turn their nose up back in the, you know, past, but now it's like, well, you know, if, if people aren't going to buy my albums and they want to get mad at me for selling my song to this television show or whatever, then I don't really care. They don't have the opinion. They didn't pay it. They didn't buy a ticket. They don't get a say. You, sure. <laughs> so, you don't vote you don't you don't your, yeah. your opinion doesn't matter right so but Dion, like, Donnie, they believe in nothing <laughs> uh think about but but like when you're out i mean i remember back in the early 2000s and greg you could probably remember this as well Fuck that you. people would come to shows and festivals and they'd have cds of their band and everything like that and they'd be handing yeah. it all out like how does that happen now like at a show like are you are you seeing people that are like like, like, hey, man, love you to, like, give our place, a, our, our, our band to listen to. Like, mp3.com, gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Spotify, you know, bands in town, or our band camp. Like, how do you get your word out? What um, do you sell at the VFW, first of all? <laughs> stream, you, uh, I mean, since music is basically given away for free, I mean, you just, uh, if you were passing out something, you know, you pass out download cards or for your band, band camp, uh, or you would pass out, like, you know, something like, hey, check us out on Spotify, check us out on iTunes, you know, or um, check our Apple Music, check us out on Tidal. Right. So it's kind of the same thing, except it's almost more direct because now people can just straight up in line, they have their phone, they can just pop their earbuds in and they can listen to your music. That's pretty um, good too. Which is pretty great. I mean, in all honesty, the tools the tools have changed, but the, um, but the method hasn't really. I just find it so weird. Like, dude, I remember coming back from like a warp tour and having stacks of CDs yeah. and stickers and shit like that. And then I would just be, and I would go and I had this old 2000 Volvo and I would like throw CDs in like on my three hour trek back home. Be like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's bad. This is good. That's bad. And things like that. But like, I just, I, I find you that sign so up interesting. records. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy to see how it is, you know, like nowadays, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, migrating from Greg and I from music into comedy, you know, with at least with, with comedy, like they come up to you and it's one person. It's not like they're selling you on anything and you get the email and it becomes something, you know, we're a little bit more reachable, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how know, I got to, that's how Oligny got to me. He just cornered me one day in the corners. Like Eric's like, Eric's like, yo man, I just need a job. Or <laughs> like, oh yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? I've always said that Eric Oligny needs to be more direct. <laughs> uh, I, you know, if you, if you want to talk about a guy who sells himself, Eric, Eric is, a, a, I mean, that dude's been, um, he, he is great at selling himself and just saying like, look, I want to work. Here's what I do, you know? And, and, um, I've always respected him for that because that's, that was my attitude. That, that was our attitude. Um, we, you know, we went from, you know, going to a, a, you know, FedEx back when it was still Kinko's and printing up flyers for ourselves and passing them out at whatever festival we were playing. And, you know, hey, come check our band out at three o'clock on so it's such and such stage on the uh, Huggy Ball Ball stage. softness, the Taco Bell <laughs> Mui Caliente stage. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, we, we went from that to, uh, you know, bringing people out with us on tours like Warp Tour that would go out and do that for us to, graduating to the point where it's like yeah people are going to come see us because we're at a point where people are here and we're one of the bands they want to see you know so the hustle never dies really i mean it's just you just get at different levels of how how much you are actually participating versus how much you're actually managing um the whole whole thing you know and it's uh and like i said the the tools haven't really changed as the methods have changed i mean in 2008 warp tour we had we had usb wristbands that we were passing out with tracks from our new album that was coming out three months after the tour ended mm. i mean that oh, that was that was how we were doing stuff you know like we right. were we were kind of um i don't want to toot our own horn but i i'm going to we were always kind of a little bit on the forefront of uh you know paying attention to what was happening in the industry and what was happening in 
and social media and we were hopping on stuff pretty early i mean we we, we saw twitter we made a twitter account immediately you know we saw that myspace was uh we, you know we had we had myspace we had mp3.com pure volume we, we i mean the way we basically got pure our fans was mp3.com i mean we just randomly put up ready fuels our demo version on mp3.com and we had people for like you know, a few years after that, telling us, I mean, people still tell us that they discovered us on mp3.com. Wow. You know, that was a very old fashioned statement. <laughs> you know, yeah. are still very relevant still. <laughs> but um, so it's, you know, uh, for us, I mean, it's, it's always like, what can we do to continue to get our music out there? And I mean, even, even just as recent as, like I said, the live streams, you know, like we, we didn't just, uh, stick to doing one camera we actually full-on did the you know productions for each live stream that we were doing and we figured you know what we're missing live shows as much as the fans so we're going to give them a live show in their living room you know once every six to eight weeks and um not saying that we pioneered or that you know people were necessarily following our leader being influenced by us but um we just we 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 recognize that if you if you stay still in this industry, then you're going to get passed up. And so, um, you know, you don't. We we are band's been around for 20 years as of next year. Wow. We still um, want to keep moving forward with how we market ourselves and how we put ourselves out there. Um, I'm not yet going to become a TikToker. I just don't have the time in my day with two children and a wife. But, um, you know, I, you know, there, that is, a, it's a viable thing, you know, it's, it's, who's got that really popping the, the drummer for the Ataris has it. It's like yeah. super good. You know, really with that amazing shell collection behind you, you, you could yeah. do something. You know, tell me you're from Florida without telling me you're from Florida. Honestly, dude. Holy shoot. Gosh. That, I, I've been waiting for the right time. I didn't know if there would be a right time to bring up the shell. No, there's never a wrong time to bring up shells. I mean, it's just got to be popular. So whoever's listening to this should probably Hey, we didn't it. buy that beautiful shadow box for nothing, right? <laughs> Mine used to have beer caps, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, so you're going probably, on tour. If I, if, I single, if I was a single man right now or like, you know, not married, mine probably would too. But my <laughs> wife doesn't think that it fits with the feng shui. Definitely. I'm sure mine would be vials of cocaine. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little like. So, so you're going on tour in September. Is it a headlining tour? Is it a support tour? Like what? what's the tour? And who are you with? Uh, it is a headlining tour. We, um, the tour, like I said, the tour was supposed to happen last year, and originally uh, it was going to happen with the band Miss Mayfire, and it was we were really excited about it. And then COVID, all for the population had different. Eyes. So um, now we're 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 still extremely stoked about the tour. Obviously, we have our longtime old old friends uh, early November on tour with us. Uh, it's, it's so yeah, this is a headline tour. Uh, Ace, uh, big yeah, fan Ace of Ace and. and Ace, Ace and Mike, yeah. yeah. See, I'm an old DTR kid, man. So you know, like it's. The, yeah, the, no. I, I gotta come in. I gotta. I gotta come out and see you. Are you guys playing New York or Jersey? We're playing uh, Long Island, playing uh, Huntington, and we're playing in uh, Montclair, New Jersey. Oh, sick! So, All right. So two hopefully close places for you. Um, Montclair, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, it's funny is we did our the first bus tour we ever did was at the end of 2005. And uh, that's wrong. It was at the end of 2004. And uh, we, I don't know, I guess, it, no, sorry, it was 2005. Um, not that anybody cares. I'm just really weird about dates. Um, so at the end of 2005, we went to the UK for the first time. And we were opening up for the starting line in early November. And we ended up sharing a bus with the early November. And um, there was only 12 bunks in the bus. So we shared the bus and their merch guys so that there was six from their crew and six from our crew, you know, sharing this bus. So we, uh, we had a, you know, we have a very long history with those guys. Um, and it's funny, um, one of the guys from All Time Low, Zach from All Time Low, I think it was, uh, posted a picture on his Instagram a few months ago and it was an old show uh, flyer from Autobar in Baltimore. And uh, God, Auto Bar. yeah, Auto Bar. <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, it was it was the lineup was 
all-time low opening, Bayside yeah. and Berlin early November headlining. What? It, and I, it was, and I was just like, dude, I remember that show, and I don't even remember you guys being on it. Holy <laughs> crap! Like, because we we were we were on tour, and we left the tour we were on with Bayside, and the two of us went. We got offers mid tour to go open up just like two shows with early November at the end of our tour. And uh, so we had to leave our tour. We were on a couple of days early to make it to these shows. We're like, you know what? Eh, <laughs> we're going to go play shows in November. And, um, but it was just funny. Cause like he replied, he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, I don't even know how we got on that show. We were just a bunch of 15 year old kids that like, submitted <laughs> to play this show. But. Oh God. And now all I hear in the fucking mall is all time low. And I walk in that hot topic. <laughs> God bless those guys, man. I can't believe like, it's funny. Like I cannot believe that that band is still killing it the way they do and it's just yeah but you're still out there too dion you know what i mean like i mean listen like i mean the nostalgia is huge i mean greg i mean we've talked about you know i mean Ozfest, you know but now i'm hearing dashboard confessional is doing a full acoustic tour yeah like I mean, <laughs> do you get like, tissues with it, your ticket? I'm just curious. Yeah, do you get remember, tissues? Yeah. Remember, when, uh, remember when that was the only way you could see Dashboard? <laughs> I, <laughs> now it's like a marketing tool that he's doing an acoustic tour. It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when he was playing on the back of a truck at the Wayne Firehouse, I remember back in 2000, <laughs> and Drive Through had just signed him for that small EP, and he's just handing records out or DCs to everybody. You know what? Being from being that both of us are from Florida, that's how we got Swiss Army Romance in the first place. I think it was on Eulogy Records uh, <laughs> right before Drive Through re-released it or reissued it. And um, we just happened to play a show with For Those Things Forever. And yeah. Chris and Steven were talking and Chris like, hey man, you want to check out my side project, Dashboard and Professional? Here's how to CD. And I love For the Scenes Forever. Uh, the Moon is Down is still one of the my top albums uh but uh like i mean even then as much as we we're like holy crap dude this guy is gonna leave this band (laughs) (laughs) and and next thing you know he quit he quit for the scenes forever because dashboard just exploded everywhere you know and sure um it's it's just crazy how life works Uh, you know we just got a free cd from like you know from chris it's check out guys skrillex coming out um uh, anton from used to be on steel train and i mean like it's so crazy how many people kind of like were able to cross over and it's great that it's awesome to see that you guys are still touring um but i gotta i mean greg i gotta ask the question right yes i i before you ask that question i want to i'm just curious dan have have they ever sold your your merch in hot topic uh you You know i think I think so. I think we had a shirt, totally. a couple of designs on Hot Topic. Uh, but the I, the funny thing is, is uh, so I we were friends with Jamie Twardowski from um, from Detroit Love in Her Arms. Have been for years. I mean, we're just like I said, Florida kids. We um, all have. We're he, he was a Cocoa Beach, Melbourne, uh, Florida guy, and we all had mutual friends. And um, so years ago, we were on tour, and our tour manager, who was from Melbourne, Florida uh came on the bus one night and said hey man um it's like oh my buddy jamie's making these shirts uh to benefit this girl he's trying to help through rehab do you want to wear one and um or do you want one i said sure what what is what's it about and he's like oh the story's actually printed on the inside so i read the story about renee and i was like you know what that's just incredible uh just the you know this guy just printing shirts and trying to sell you know sell a few and help out this girl it's awesome. So I started wearing the Tourette Love on her shirt or Tourette Love on her arm shirt every night. Um, I didn't even know Jamie at the time. Um, I just, I, 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 our tour manager was a great guy. I was like, look, if you say he's a great guy, I believe you. I'm going to support what he's doing. So uh, I ended up kind of becoming a, a, a poster child for Tourette Love in her arms. Uh, there was a shot that was taken at a festival he played where I'm, I'm, play, I'm wearing one of their shirts. And it ended up being one of their main images they used along with Haley from Paramore and John from Switchfoot for a long time. And I walked into a mall, into a Hot Topic one uh, once, just on an off day on tour, and there was a gigantic poster of me in a Hot Topic. No way. Wearing the, and I was just like, ah, this is funny. <laughs> 
That's a hoot. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, so I, I have been in Hot Topic in more ways than one. I've been there as a customer. I've been there as a, uh, as a piece of merchandise and I've been there as a, uh, as a, an ambassador for a brand. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, I back Hot Topic. You know what? Yeah, that's the trifecta. Yeah. I walked in there yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago. And I mean, I swear to God, it's still the same AFI shirt back from like the, the, the mid 2000s. Um, the Misfit stuff is still up there. Oh, yeah, they buy the certain smell. Like stuff. Uh, the smell uh, when you walk in there, the incense. The and incense of course, plastic. The, yeah, and those, the, the stupid teenagers in the back strewing around with the sex toys. No, you're thinking of Spencer's. You're thinking of Spencer's. Oh, is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Same true. fucking thing. You know, it's funny, like, you know, people like to shit on Hot Topic, especially, you know, like, in, like, you know, people in, in, in the scene, I guess you would say. But you know what? I mean, for me being a, a, a kid from a very small town growing up, if it weren't for places like Hot Topic, there's a lot of... Uh, band stuff that I wouldn't have had access to. Sure. You know? sure. And so I have a love-hate relationship. I, I you know, I, I, I don't like the kitschy commercialized side of it where, you know, so, you know, you got, of course you're going to get your people to go in, they buy a Ramones shirt, not even knowing who the Ramones are. Just, they just like the design, but, um, which we actually just had happened to Amberlynn recently, but, um, uh, you know, but you also have the kids like me. It's like, I, you know, I, I wanted a class shirt for a long time, but I, you know, I didn't know how to get a class shirt living in a town where there's only 20,000 people, and, you know, surrounded by a bunch of orange boroughs. And, you know, so when I went over to the mall that was half an hour away and there was a hot topic, I was able to buy a class shirt, sure. you know, and, and I was able to, you know, find other fan shirts that I liked. And so, you know, it's, you know, I mean, Hot Topic also had that little shelf for all the local people, like the local stuff yeah. that was going on as well. Well, the thing about Hot Topic is when they started that store, and I, I probably know a lot more about Hot Topic than the average person, but when they started that store back in I, probably the, the late 80s, mid 80s, and they only had two t-shirt stores in California, their, their entire thing, their tagline was all about the music. Yeah. Right. So they even were in the CD business for a while. They had their own records and they, you know, stuff that they put out and they stopped that. But, you know, I, I have no problem with, with Hot Topic whatsoever. Yeah. Posers go in and people just buy a T-shirt that has Slayer on it because whatever. Posers. <laughs> you know, it's always the saying, like, am I mad at Green Day for getting popular? No, I'm mad that my friend's older sister who listened to Backstreet Boys up until right. Basket Case well, became popular. I'm going to her for I'm disregarding gonna... Green Day all those years and telling us to turn the music down because it sucks. <laughs> I'll tell you who I am, who I do, who I am pissed at, and in the retail world, and that's Walmart. Urban Out, Urban Outfitters. Like I, I, Walmart pays oh. my bills, but Urban Outfitters, <laughs> like it, they are the epitome of excuse my language, but bullshit, right? Because you'll oh, go yeah. in, and you know they'll have all their little crap, the flowers and the daisies, and then on the junior table they'll have a Slayer T-shirt, right? Or or the Ramones. And you'll have these 13-year-old girls buying these shirts because they think it's cool. And it, it, it just blows my mind. Ryan Holiday is and a fucking genius. That's all I have it. to say. It Ryan Holiday was the former CMO, chief marketing officer. All right. He's a self-help guy now, but he's the one that kind of made that whole transition. It, to late, put that stuff in there. He, Ryan Holiday is a prick, but he's a genius. Urban Outfitters I mean, used to be an amazing store. They they were. I they, I had one in college on my, uh, like a block away from where I lived in Boston. And it was one of the only places I shopped because it was cool and hip and they had good stuff. But then they turned this corner at some point where they were trying it's, to I mean, be, It's all things pop culture at this Yeah, point. they're trying to be like tastemakers of like, you know. I, I don't know. Like back in my day, Urban Outfitters was a place that you could get a cover of overalls anyway, and some tie-dye boots. Get to your god darn food question. <laughs> All right. Hold on, wait a second. I, those... I, do to, I do have to while we're on this topic, I do have to tell the story. My my sister in law uh lives out in California and she she went to college at USD down in San Diego and she just texted me um I love the fact that your bottle just disappeared. <laughs> like, whoa. Uh, green screen. Um, 
Yeah, the uh, so she texts me. She's like, I was at a, and my she's in her thirties now, but uh, she she's significantly younger than me. Um, I think she's, you know, she's a good ten years younger than me. Um, but uh, she, she, you know, she's now at the point where when she goes to a bar, she goes, everybody in here is twenty one. I'm like, well, welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, but uh, she was like, yeah, I went to this. I went to this bar and. Um, I went, and there was this kid wearing an Amber Glenn sweater and I walked up to him and I said that's awesome I love that band and he goes oh I don't really know who they are I just like the design <laughs> I was like oh oh we have, we have now reached we have now like we're approaching that uh, that plane of Nirvana oh. Ramones yeah. and Slayer where people are just buying our merch because they find it appealing and yeah. welcome to Zenith buddy <laughs> I loved it because it actually happened to be a sweater that I designed too. So I was like, "Sweet." As <laughs> I, I approached it, I was like, "I, I, I want this. I want this specific set of merch to look like a like a a, a fashion like thing. I don't want it to just be like a, you know just a bunch of merch." And like I was like, "Oh, someone actually bought it because they liked it, not because they knew who we were." So that it worked out, you know. And so then yeah. you got you probably got a fan out of it. Yeah, well, probably not. Apparently, he has done. He probably just ripped that music <laughs> off of a fucking torrent. So <laughs> I should have asked her if she had. I should have asked her if she had one of our uh, business cards for like where he could stream our music. Or <laughs> <laughs> Look at that callback, baby! Callback. Uh, um, actually, you know what? I have one more. I have another question before I go to the food question. Is there a favorite baseline that you like to like slap, like uh, like that? That's not one of your own. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, my favorite warm-up baseline is "Power to Love" by Jimi Hendrix. And if you don't, and it's 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 specifically the uh, the uh, Band of Gypsies live version, where um, I mean, it's just like I think Jimmy at the top of his game. I mean, uh, Buddy Miles on drums, and I now feel bad that I can't remember. I'm blanking on the bass player's name, being a bass player, but the. Uh, that baseline in Power to Love on the Band of Gypsies live album uh, is just absolute insanity. Uh, it's such a good workout. So that's one of my favorite ones to break out because it's just, it's busy as hell. It's its not easy, but it's not hard. It's, it's just a great groove. Um, so that's one I love. I, love. Um, I spent most of COVID last year trying to learn the Maxwell Murder bass solo by Rancid. Wow. And I know the bass solo from front to back, but I cannot play it as fast as uh, our Lord and Savior Matt Freeman. Um, <laughs> he, uh, that dude, is just a monster on bass. Um, he, the the guy is, I mean, the speed that he plays that solo, and even the fact that when they play live, they don't play to a metronome, so it's even faster, um, is absolutely insane. So. Uh, and on tour and on tour right now yeah and on tour right now and not coming to florida so um as much as i love dropkick murphys and rancid um if they don't come to florida soon i am going to not do anything about it and just <laughs> you know my life and play the game so well i am september 4th bridgeport connecticut Oh man, I, I, so they were supposed to, oh, hi, Ava. Oh, hey. <laughs> they were supposed to be uh, in Florida last year and when the tour got canceled. And then when it got rebooked this year, they uh, did not come. So, got it. Yeah. Well, so, listen, we have one last question that we end with, Dion. Um, you've t traveled, the, traveled the country, but you've been stuck at home for the last couple of months. What was the last, what was the best thing you ate this, we usually say week, but I'm going to give you the month. Best thing I ate this past month? Yeah. Ooh. That's a... That's a tough one, right? Honey, what do we have on Saturday? We make a lot of we make a lot of food at home. Uh, so Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any dietary restrictions? Are you like vegan? Or are you uh I love food so much. Right. It's actually something throughout, uh, I mean, just speaking of being locked down, you know, in COVID, uh, we made so much food at home. Um, 
just I, I started making hot sauces. I perfected my pickle recipe. My wife makes killer dumplings. Um, oh, shit. Uh, just chicken, pork, beef, whatever, like uh, dumplings. Um, the best thing I've eaten in the past week. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, Especially made, with your wife in the room. And- <laughs> uh, well, she makes all the meals. So anything I say, I'm going to win. So, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's like, like I said, I've been, I've been working lately until we can start touring again. So I'm not <laughs> able to, I, I, I don't get home early enough to cook for her right now. Um, get around to uh, it. You know, it's it's. I haven't eaten anything like uh, crazy out of out of out of left field. Um, You're sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Got, I got a, got a ten month old and a four year old. The best uh, thing I ate was some peanut butter and some leftover broccoli from my kids' plate. It was delicious. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm I am going to go ahead and say uh, uh, the the dumplings my wife made a few nights ago. She she always makes just these like crazy good dumplings uh, that, you know, just fried dumplings, um, which I don't mind steamed dumplings, but I'm a fried guy. Like well, I want, I want fried dumplings all day long. I want to thank your wife for appropriating my culture. Uh, that was oh, absolutely. <laughs> I want to thank her for appropriating your culture too. Cause delicious. Yeah. Uh, Dion, thanks so much, man, for joining yeah. us. Uh, uh, Greg, if they're playing with early November, I'm, or we're going down. We're going down to Montclair or we're going to Long Island. Uh, you got to see uh, both Amberlin and you have to see um, the, the early November. Like, they're fantastic. I'm down. I'm either way. What, Montclair, where is where, What could be in Montclair? Is that that, that small? I mean, the, um, the theater? The theater? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now if you go to at Amberlin on Instagram, you will see a recent post as of today with our. <laughs> Ooh, perfect. Plugs, 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 but, plugs, uh, plugs. <laughs> yeah, you can reach us at, at Amberlin or Dion Rex, or D Rex wrote on Amberlin. But uh, I can tell you right now, Montclair, the name of the venue is not coming up. <laughs> no, I know what it is. I uh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway. It's somebody's name. It was originally at Starwin Ballroom, so I right. didn't want to say that, but that's Sayreville. Um, yeah. yeah. So Montclair is... It's, I think it's a theater. It's got to be. Anyway, we'll post it. We'll post the dates. Uh, Wellmont yeah. Theater. You're yeah. right. It is Wellmont Theater. Theater. Yeah. 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 It was originally at Starlin Ballroom. Um, and then that got canceled three times. And now it's uh, <laughs> at Wellmont uh, Theater. Whatever. Montclair. Listen, it's, it's closer for us. Well, yeah. at least closer oh, there for you me, go. So. <laughs> Huntington, hey, Rhode Island is probably Mulcahy's. Uh, Paramount. Oh, uh, Paramount. Right, right. Paramount. Uh, I, I miss the days. Uh, there was the crazy donkey in Long Island that right. used to yes. all the time. And then um, uh, what was the other one? There was a super nice venue that we played multiple times. We we played there with, uh, we did a tour with Fall Boy and in 2005. had no idea who Fall Boy was. I was like, who is this band that all these people are coming out to see? And then like a year later, they put out from under court tree and absolutely exploded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, there was a venue in uh, Long Island that was just such a nice venue, and it was so great. And it ended up closing uh, because one of the owners went insane and embezzled all the money. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's been a while since we played, and uh, I think last time we played in Long Island, we played well, a great. One place Island. that always appreciates good music is yeah. New Jersey. I don't think I've ever had a bad Island. show there. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey. Well, dope. Yeah, Jersey strong, baby. Well, I'm listen, excited to get back. <laughs> Dion, best of luck, dude. We're so excited for you. Congratulations on going back on tour. I hope everybody in the family stays safe um, and in the band. Um, but yeah, man, dude, thank you. And uh, we'll see you again next time. Hey, thank, thank you guys dude. so much. And if uh, if you are going to come out to the shows, definitely you have my email. You have my contact. Hit me up. Uh, don't bring Eric. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you guys want to come, definitely let me know. Because we'll, yeah. we'll talk offline because I want to see what you're if you're doing if you're doing Long Island, then Jersey, and Jersey Long Island. Because like if you guys have a if, if you guys have an off day, fucking come to the city and catch some comedy shows. That'd be awesome. Oh, absolutely, man! I always love. I I was I, I growing up. 
um, when Comedy Central happened, it, I was just I, that was like the only channel I watched for so Wait, long. Half just, hours and everything. Doctor Cats. Uh, like Doctor Cats. Uh, one drink or two drink minimum. I mean, all those like great old shows. And uh, I mean, you know, and seeing stuff like learning about kids in the hall and vacant lot and all those, you know, great stand up um, yeah. uh, shows back in the day. I mean, I always listen to comedy. It's it's one of the things Eric and I have uh, connected on a lot. Is because, well, they're all canceled. I'm, I'm always asking that dude about his, like, about what it's like to be a comedian as much as he's asking me what it's like to be a, a musician because I'm just so curious about, like, the inner workings of the comedy world and everything. And, like, you know, it's like you, you, because you don't always have like, you know, a, a Spotify link to sins, but it's like you know, and you got to be careful about people stealing your jokes if you like, tell them in the wrong place or whatever. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's uh, I, I love comedy. So if we have a day off, I would absolutely love to come to a come to a club and see some yeah. comedians. All right, man. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate. Yeah, thank it. you guys. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Cool.